right, welcome into episode 12 of Without a Mic, uh, take two. <laughs> we recorded this yesterday, but our audio wasn't so great, so we're doing it again. Uh, this is our episode on industry updates, so it will be the latest and greatest in the industry. Um, I know Spencer's got a, a surprise top 10 list that he's going to share, and then we'll go over some of the recommendations and things we're watching and things we're excited for. Yeah, I mean, if, if anybody likes school, this is our final draft, right? So we had our first draft, and now mm-hmm. we have our final draft. Uh, but we're excited. I mean, the SAG Awards happened on Sunday, so we're excited to go over those major winners. And like Roger said, a couple uh, big-time updates in the industry, a couple of recommendations. And, of course, I do have a, a top list that we will announce at the end. But, yeah, let's dive into the, the SAG winners, man. So for anybody who doesn't understand, uh, the SAG Awards are the Screen Actors Guild Awards. They focus a little bit more on the cast, um, you know, kind of the ensemble of the cast. They do have individual awards. However, I think it's a little bit more actor and actress driven rather than um, having kind of this forum of voters, which I really like. So uh, for Outstanding yeah. Cast, uh, the winner went to Coda, which Roger actually saw last night after we did the episode. So now he probably has a different opinion. <laughs> yep. And I would love to hear what you think, man, because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, honestly, uh, I, I think... Either this will either become a popcorn review or maybe we'll do one together on it. But uh, this was one of the best movies I'd seen in a long time. Um, I think it's one of those movies that everyone should watch. It, it 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 can touch you no matter who you are and what your background is. So I'm excited to see this one. Um, I'd love to see this one in the Oscar. And uh, the speech for the cast from this um, at the uh, SAG Awards was amazing. So definitely check that out as well. Uh, but really excited about this movie. Um, now I'm recommending it to everyone, so definitely check that out if you haven't. It's currently on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it's, I'll make another recommendation for a show to watch later on that called Severance. So Apple TV+, Plus, great opportunity right now to watch some great things, um, Coda and Severance. Yeah, I mean, I think what's really cool, and I don't know the statistics on this, but I know that a majority of the cast are deaf, right? Or at least they, they're all fluent in, in sign language. So you might know a little bit more detail yeah. on that. Yeah. So I actually, uh, I looked this up yesterday cause I finished the movie and I was like, wait, what's coda mean? And it's a child of death of deaf adults, child of deaf adults. So that's what coda stands for. Um, so the, the premise of the movie is that there's a girl, uh, the main character is this girl. Um, she can hear, but she has deaf parents and a deaf brother, and that's their family of four. So it's sort of her experiences being sort of their bridge to the rest of the society and also trying to pursue her own dreams as a singer. Um, and so it's it's got a lot of really raw and, like, um, emotional moments because she's sort of in these two worlds of, like, she loves to sing, um, her family's deaf, so they can't hear, they don't really understand why she's into singing, um, and so they just kind of have like a really great back and forth with these two different worlds and bringing them together through her. So, uh, very unique movie, but yes, the, uh, of the, I guess you could say there's sort of five main actors and three of them are deaf and, uh, she, the main actress, she speaks sign language as well. She's just not deaf. So, but these, these three actors are actual deaf actors. So, um, yeah, amazing, incredible movie. Highly recommend watching it. It's really cool, man. And I think we're seeing kind of this this upbringing of, 
of, you know, not, not just deaf actors, but also blind actors, you know, actors who are, mm-hmm. you know, have different disabilities. I mean, we saw this also in A Quiet Place. I mean, the daughter is fully yep. deaf and she's from Utah, which is really cool for us. Um, I, I haven't seen Coda yet. If I had my own fan pick, I think Dune would be my best picture of the year as, you know, one of the Oscar nominees. But I do believe Coda mm-hmm. or Belfast will actually win. Um, best picture at the Oscars, so I'm excited to see this film, so I could say that for myself and uh, see what if I have an opinion. So cool. Um, leading on to best female actor in a leading role, um, Jessica Chastain. I kind of had a a little bit of an intriguing thought with this because I I definitely thought um, Nicole Kidman or Olivia Coleman were going to win this. Now, once again, this doesn't affect the Oscars. It might in one way or another, but. Jessica Chastain won for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I will say I have not seen that film, but with the performances that I've seen Jessica Chastain in over the past three years, I've been a little bit disappointed, not in her, but in the films. And so it's kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth, while Nicole Kidman, I did watch being the Ricardos, and she was absolutely phenomenal. And then The Lost Daughters has has buzzed so much, you know, in regards to, um, I forgot her name, Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister who directed this film. Yeah. Um, also, you know, side note, she played Rachel in The Dark Knight. So that's kind of mm-hmm. a, a cool coming around story with with both of these actresses. So I was kind of surprised that Jessica Ch- Chastain won it. Yeah, I think uh, we'll see a different result in the Oscars for sure. But um, I, I also have not seen The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I really don't actually know much about it. So um, I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Cool. All right. So male actor in a leading role. This went to Will Smith from King Richard. Um, You know, if I had, once again, my personal pick, I would choose Andrew Garfield, but this does not surprise me one bit. He did a great job. King Richard is a phenomenal film. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about uh, Serena and Venus Williams and their father, um, of course, who Will Smith portrays. So he did a great job. Yep. Cool. Um, and then going to female actor in a supporting role, this went to Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. Um, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you understand that I'm, I was not a fan of West Side Story, but she did a great job. I thought Kirsten Dunst kind of was running away with this from Power of the Dog, but she did great in her role. And so I don't I wasn't surprised one bit that she won this. Yeah. And then. um well, oh, you can keep going. You're reading the list, so you go. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. So male actor in a supporting role, this went to Troy Kotsur. I probably said that wrong, but from CODA. Now, obviously, you might know this better than I do because we didn't know who this was yesterday. But what do you have any remarks on his performance? Yeah, absolutely well-deserved. Um, I One thing that I that I mentioned to my wife while we were watching this last night was just how much more expressive people are when they're signing. And so, um, like, all three of them did a fantastic job, but him, he's the father in this story. So he's the father of the girl who's pursuing the singing dreams. Um, and so in this story, he's kind of the the rock of the family. A lot of stuff runs through him. Um, and so he did an incredibly amazing job. Absolutely well-deserved. Um, definitely definitely well deserved on that cool and then uh, ensemble on a drama series this went to succession um this was an interesting mm-hmm. conversation that we had yesterday because both of us have not seen succession but we've only heard the best things about the show so it doesn't surprise me i guess i was a little surprised just because 
I also, I haven't seen Squid Game, but that was the talk of conversation. So I didn't know if Squid Game was more individualistic or if it was more cast related. And I think from what Roger had expressed to me and maybe others feel the same way, is there the individual performances from Squid Game were phenomenal, but the cast as a, as a whole ensemble wasn't as strong as Succession. But what, what would you say to that? Right, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and as you're about to mention, the the, the top actor and actress from a from a TV show in this awards list were both from Squid Game. So I think at the top, the top two or three actors in Squid Game were definitely fantastic, but the whole cast as a whole was it was not as as deep as maybe something like Succession. So I think as a whole, that cast, great job on Succession. But uh, Squid Game, definitely an incredible show, groundbreaking in so many ways. But the cast there at the top, fantastic, fantastic performances by that actor and actress, just not quite as consistent going further down in the show. Um, Squid Game is more of an individual experience um, with interaction with others. Whereas Succession appears to be more like a collective experience. Uh, I know Spencer's mentioned this with Euphoria, but it's not just about um, it's not just about Zendaya in that in that show. And I think that's more of what Succession does. Whereas Squid Game is mostly told through one person's perspective, and you get a little bit of hints of other people. And so that's why I think that those awards are were given the way they were. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And like you mentioned, so both a male and female actor in a drama series uh, went to Squid Game. I'm going to try to pronounce them. I'm sure I'm pronouncing them <laughs> wrong, but Jung Ho Yun uh, for the female and then Lee Jung Jae for the, the male actor. Uh, so great job by them. Um, ensemble in a comedy series went to Ted Lasso, which both Roger and I mm-hmm. have not seen, but we've only heard the most phenomenal reviews about. Um, Jason Sudeikis is just such a great, funny actor. And so I can only imagine that he does a phenomenal job in this series. Also on Apple TV Plus. So yep, another right. another win for that this month. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and then female actor in a comedy series. This went to Gene Smart in Hacks. By the way, Hacks, um, you know, got nominated for 12 Emmys and won three of them. So leading into the SAG Awards, they've already kind of broken a lot of ground. But I think Hacks is going under the mm-hmm. radar. Like I know you and I haven't seen it. Um, it's on HBO Max, nope. and so it's definitely something that we need to get around to. But I heard it's really enjoyable. It's very loose. It's very family friendly. Um, I don't know. Oh. First of all, I don't know if it's fr- family friendly in the sense of <laughs> r- like ratings, like if it's <laughs> rated R or not. But I know that's it's just loose. It's not something that you have to go into with the focus of suspense or drama. So, um, last but not least, male actor in a comedy series that did go to Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso which once again, I don't think either you or I are surprised by that. But yeah, any further notes on the SAG Award winners? Uh, Just, um, I think one of the most moving speeches was Michael Keaton after he won um, Outstanding Performance by an Actor in a Television Movie or Miniseries uh, for Dope Stick. Um, He recently lost his his nephew to drug abuse, so a very emotional and heartfelt speech by him after winning that, um, talking about his nephew, so definitely one to watch as well but overall I think the awards were well given out you know I think everyone was deserving I was definitely excited to see Coda after hearing about all the awards it won and now that I've seen it looking back um, it's just so much more meaningful and I think groundbreaking as Spencer mentioned earlier for people who are you know have disabilities things like that and I and I, I feel bad using that word because there's a there's a point in the movie where someone sort of mentions like oh yeah d- 
you know, you guys have a disability. And uh, Troy Costur's character, the father, um, he says, you know, what disability? Being deaf isn't a disability. So um, uh, just sort of, uh, you know, something to think about where, you know, you know, we see it as a disability for people who who don't have that, um, that, that just, you know, I, I keep saying disability, but for, for those who aren't deaf, we see deafness as a disability, but that's not always the perspective they have, um, which is really cool. I think it brings a lot of awareness to, as you mentioned, people who can't see or can't hear. Um, and we're seeing more actors like that in, you know, like you mentioned, Quiet Place, Coda, um, Eternals has a deaf actress as one of the main characters in that. Uh, so really exciting to see that becoming more more mainstream and giving actors the opportunity to express themselves um, despite not being able to speak or see or things like that. So yeah, um, that's all kind I have of to a say about that. On a on a personal level, it's funny that you say that because my brother. So my brother passed away. My little brother passed away uh, in November of 2020, and the number one thing he was 20 years old, and the number one thing growing up that he never wanted was somebody to look at him like he was in a wheelchair and treat him differently. He always wanted people to treat him exactly how they would treat somebody else. And so I think there's there's a huge sense of empathy from my end because nobody wants to feel quote unquote disabled. No one wants to feel mm-hmm. like they're they're in a different position of life regardless of the circumstances that they're going through. So I'm actually glad that they pointed that message out in the film because I think that's a great reminder for all of us. Um, and then in regards to Michael Keaton and the, you know, the speech that he gave, I, you know, I brought this up yesterday, but I thoroughly enjoy these authentic speeches that regard the hard work that gets put into these, these roles, right? So I, I mentioned Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. uh, a speech he gave in the late 80s, I believe it was, for winning an Oscar. And he said, you know, this, this wouldn't be possible without the cast. And he's like, I know it's probably annoying that you always hear us thanking the cast and all these names that pop up. But he's like, if you only knew how difficult these projects were to make and how it's absolutely impossible to do without the people that will never get names, that will never be regarded, but the people who mean so much, then you would understand why we continue to say their names over and over and over. So I'm glad you mentioned Michael Keaton's uh, speech. Yeah, and uh, that just made me think of uh, one of our favorite movies, both of us, is The Prestige. And there's a scene in there where um, he's talking about the man that goes into the box. No one cares about the man who goes into the box. They only care about the man who goes out of the box. Um, and so I, I, I just think that, you know, movies and TV, you know, you're putting out a, a presentation, you know, it's a show. Um, but there's so much work. There's so many you know, there's the man in the, that goes into the box is, is so crucial for that um, because a man can't come out of the box uh, if one doesn't go in, but we only see the one who comes out of the box. So that's a good point. Um, definitely oh, yeah. a lot of talent, uh, a lot of talent and hard work goes into to movies and TV shows. That's why the credits are so long. So <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good point. Well, and that's why we, enjoy we only sit through the credits for Marvel movies because <laughs> there's something at the end, but <laughs> exactly. Well, let's get into some industry updates. Yeah. So I know I have a couple. Let's do it. Uh, Roger has a couple. So I'll start off. Um, mm-hmm. Really cool. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And during that mm-hmm. um, presentation, Kevin Feige, who's the president of Marvel Studios, actually spoke and said that Doctor Strange, which is the character that Benedict Cumberbatch plays in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he says that he is literally the center of the MCU. He said he's the main 
he's the main reason why they can do what they do, which I fully agree. I had to think mm-hmm. about it for a second, but all the storylines that they've created with other characters from different universes can only be possible with Doctor Strange being involved. So huge, huge congrats to Benedict Cumberbatch. I think it's a little, um, a little overdue. I think he definitely deserved it years ago, but I'm glad that he finally got it. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great quote too, because it, uh, I remember watching the first Doctor Strange movie where he first showed up, and, and I personally loved it because it, it was on a completely different plane than anything Marvel had done so far, just because everything else was, it came down to strength, like whoever the strongest person is, you know, wins this fight, and it was all very like, you know, oh, we beat the bad guy, it's over, but Doctor Strange was more about, you know, ideas and realities and concepts, and so in his sort of fights it was it wasn't so linear as you know punch the other guy harder so uh, yeah. but definitely his his range is incredible well deserved um you know the power of the dog from what i've heard and what you've told me um is just another great addition to his um his legacy so far so fantastic fantastic uh achievement to him well well earned and well um deserved yeah yeah he actually uh, is very much in the running for best actor uh, for Power of the Dog. So if you have not seen Power of the Dog, it's on Netflix. Um, phenomenal job by him. So cool. All right. Uh, next, mm-hmm. for any Office fans, I know The Office has kind of turned into this pop culture cult classic. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's uh, honestly, it's a very <laughs> loose, it's a fun show. But for uh, those who enjoy it, Kevin Malone, um, the character played by Brian Baumgartner, who's probably one of the most comedic characters in the entire show, he has a very famous moment where he brings in chili into the office. And even if you haven't seen the show, you've probably seen the meme and he brings in the chili and he says he makes it once a year and he actually spills the chili all over the carpet and he kind of like rubs it, trying to like scoop it back in. But what was really interesting is it was just announced that Kevin Malone's chili recipe is hidden in Peacock's terms and conditions. So if you ever wanted to learn how to make Kevin Malone's specific chili, just go f- learn about Peacock's terms and conditions, and hopefully you'll also find that they're not screwing you over in any other circumstance. So just wanted to mention that. Yep, definitely where all great chili recipes are, are put. So, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> One thing that, uh, so leading into kind of the TV series uh, section as well, I just wrapped up Euphoria on Sunday. I'll mention a little bit more about that um, you know, later on, but... Euphoria just became HBO's second most watched show all time behind Game of Thrones, which is quite the accomplishment because if you think of the shows that are on HBO Max or at least generated from HBO, you know, you have Sex and the City, you have The Sopranos, you have these other shows that we probably forgot about, but were so big while we were growing up 10, 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and Euphoria in just their second season over the past, you know, year and a half, two years has now overcome all of those other shows so quite an accomplishment by euphoria yeah and it's it's exciting for hbo i think because uh game of thrones got people to sign up for hbo just to watch that show and i think euphoria is having the same effect and so it's cool to see a show sort of pull people in again and and be able to enjoy other content that's on hbo max because i think up until they recently started doing, you know, Dune and, and all these deals where they had movies come on there uh, at release, I don't think a lot of people were going to HBO Max as their streaming service of choice. And I've personally enjoyed a lot of different things on HBO Max, uh, Chernobyl, um, 
uh, I think it's called Vixen. Um, but there's different, there's a couple different things on there that I've enjoyed that just aren't very notable. So, uh, definitely take a poke around there and see, uh, there's some great content on there. Yeah. I mean, it's now come to the point where I think people are having serious conversations that if you had to give up Netflix or HBO max, that many people would actually give up Netflix because of the type of content yep. that HBO max is producing. And that leads right into my next point is that, you know, the Batman is, is coming out this week. I'm actually going to see it tonight. So once you hear this, I, I've already seen the Batman, which I'm excited about. But, you know, off of that film, they're making a Penguin spinoff series. So Penguin is one of the villains in the Batman. And Colin Farrell is coming back with HBO to make a spinoff series about that character. And that's what they did with Peacemaker from the Suicide Squad. And I'm, I'm assuming they're going to continue doing it with many other characters but that's what HBO has the power to do now, right? I mean, they have these characters, they mm -hmm. have these Warner Brothers films that are so well, you know, reciprocate or so well beloved, and they're they're able to make these, you know, new pieces of content from them. So that's quite an accomplishment in itself. And then the last thing that I had, um, kind of just more of a kind of a feel good story. If you haven't seen Belfast, it's a kind of a depiction of of Kenneth Branagh's childhood and and the circumstances that happened in Belfast and Jude Hill, who is the 11 year old boy who stars in this film, he actually met Andrew Garfield and was brought to tears because he loves Spider-Man so much. So I thought that was, that was really a uh, heartwarming to read, but. I appreciate his taste in Spider-Man because, uh, Andrew Garfield is also my favorite Spider-Man, um, live action one. Miles Morales is the best, but, um, that's awesome. That's it's cool to see. You know, actors are 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 people just like us, and they're fans just like us. Um, in this in the Coda acceptance speech, where the cast won best cast, um, the main actress I, I forget her name, but when she was signing, she was like, you know, we grew up watching you guys as movies, and it's awesome to be here and just be in your presence. And she's like, Meryl Streep, like I love you. Like, are you here? Yeah, there she is. Yeah, like you're awesome. Like I look up to you so much. Um, so it was just cool to see, you know, it's kind of cool to see the, you know, actors, you know, fanboy or fangirl a little bit, um, really heartwarming. So um, I, I didn't have a lot of news. Um, a couple things. Yesterday, the final trailers for trailer for Morbius dropped. Um, so that's a Jared Leto movie coming out April 1st, where he is in the same Marvel universe as Venom and Sony's Spider-Man. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, and so uh, he plays sort of an anti-hero vampire character, um, and then also the final trailer for um, Fantastic Beasts, uh, the Dumbledore movie, the final trailer dropped, so it showcases a lot more of Jude Law as Dumbledore and focuses more on his sort of rivalry with Grendon Wald, um, who's now plays by Mads Mikkelsen, so... Um, wasn't a huge fan of the Fantastic Beast series. Uh, the first movie was okay. The second movie wasn't good at all. I don't have high hopes for this one, but uh, for those Harry Potter fans out there, um, you can hear more about our thoughts on our previous episode, one of our previous episodes where we reviewed the Harry Potter series as a whole. Um, but both of those uh, trailers just dropped, so if you're looking for a trailer to check out. Um, another fun bit of news, the Indiana Jones number 5 just wrapped up filming... Uh, so it's ready to go. Uh, we don't, as of right now, I don't know if there's a release date announced, but uh, that is bringing back Harrison Ford. Is it? 
Yeah, yeah. let me see. Let me see when it I, – I believe they have a loose release date. It says June 30th, 2023, which is my birthday, so shout out to that. Ooh, so you get uh, Indiana Jones for your birthday. Nice. Um, <laughs> I would take something else, but I'll take <laughs> Hopefully it. it's – yeah right you know it's not it's not bad uh, it's got harrison ford so you know that'll probably be that'll be worth something um, which kind of a side note and then harrison, fi- harrison ford went through a lot in order to get this film made i mean the man is so old so you can't blame him but he got severely sick on set he got severely injured on set and it took them forever to make this film but i'm glad that they wrapped it up because it's probably going to be one of his last films he ever makes but i i'm sure it'll do well yeah, it's too bad they already used Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade as a title <laughs> uh, for the third movie, because this is probably the Last Crusade for, for Indiana Jones, at least with Harrison Ford. Um, and I know he's always, this has been his favorite project he's ever done was Indiana Jones. So he said, I will I will always come out and do an Indiana Jones movie if they ask. Uh, he wasn't a big fan of, you know, doing Han Solo in the, the revamp of Star Wars, and he, but I know with Indiana Jones, that's his favorite. So it'll be fun to see him in that again. And uh, and finally, my last bit of news is um, Sean Penn actually has been in uh, the Ukraine and actually started filming a documentary as the the war between Russia and Ukraine began uh, over the last couple of days and weeks. So he's actually uh, been filming this documentary. Uh, Spencer told me yesterday, but he's been, he's been they were there before this all started, but um, there's obviously some some tension building, and so he's been documenting it from the front lines, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, I actually saw an, a, notifi- a news article today that he actually has evacuated to Poland. So um, he's now in Poland, but he has been on the ground in Ukraine um, during Russia's assault uh, to to basically work on a documentary about this conflict. So um, pretty incredible stuff. Absolutely terrible happening. What's happening over there? Um, so our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the people of Ukraine, and and um, also just a reminder, you know, um, if you do know anyone, you know, in your community and, and in your life who's Russian, they're def- that doesn't mean that they're supporting this conflict. I've seen a lot of um, opposition from from Russians uh, all over the world to this as well. So um, that that is the last bit of news that I have. Yeah, I actually, funny enough, I, I had, I do have one more. I, once again, for anybody who doesn't know, I, on my TikTok channel, I do film updates and I made one for today that will actually be going up. And the film update is in regards to uh, all the major film studios are actually starting to take a step back from Russia. So this started with Disney mm-hmm. this past week and then it led into Warner Brothers, Sony, and then today Paramount also announced that all of their future films for the time being will not be released in Russia. Of course, this is in response to Russia invading Ukraine and the circumstances that are happening. Um, but this goes to show, I think, I think this is obviously a small consequence for Russia in regards to the film world, but it adds to the other consequences that they're dealing with as, as a, you know, Mm -hmm. as a military unit, as a leadership unit. But like Roger said, this does not spread to the many incredible people who live in Russia and the many incredible Russians who do not live in Russia that live throughout the world. So be considerate and be mm-hmm. empathetic to those individuals because they're they are going through quite an experience that nor you or I or anybody else could ever imagine. So just thought I'd mention that one mm-hmm. last bit. 
Cool. Should we uh, should we go yeah. into this top ten list real quick, and then we'll do some recommendations? Yeah, let's do it. So Spencer's got his top ten and some honorable mentions of TV shows for 2022. So let's hear it. Yeah. So once again, this is obviously my opinion. There's no particular order, but um, I believe this list will be the top ten best TV shows that will be coming out in 2022 with some honorable mentions. So number one, I have Peaky Blinders season six, which is on BBC One, and hopefully we will get a release date this year on Netflix. I'm still hoping for that. Uh, Killing Murphy, it's their final season. He's absolutely brilliant. It's his best work yet. Uh, number two, I have Ozark season four, which is on Netflix, part one and part two. So part two comes out in April. Um, this is also the final season for Ozark, and it's you know if you like Breaking Bad, it's the same energy, it's the same demeanor. And if you like Jason Bateman, this is the perfect show. Uh, number three, I know Roger has much to say about this later. Uh, Severance on Apple TV Plus. This is directed by Ben Stiller. It's refreshingly original, and I'm excited to, to see more of it. Uh, number four, Euphoria Season 2 on HBO Max. Um, thousand percent better than Season 1. The score and cinematography stand out above everything. And like Roger also mentioned, it focuses on multiple characters and not just one, which is a huge thing for TV. Uh, number five, Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber. It's on Showtime. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is actually back in the acting world, and he's playing Travis Kalanick, Ooh. who's the uh, co-founder of Uber. So that'll be interesting. Uh, number six, The Last mm -hmm. Days of Ptolemy Gray on Apple TV+. Plus. So this is Samuel L. Jackson. It looks gritty, and it's nice to see him out of the MCU for once. Uh, number seven, Stranger Things Season 4 on Netflix. Uh, much anticipated. It's been a long time. Season three may have been the best series yet, but um, they did announce that season five will actually be the final season. So season four is broken up in two parts, comes out in May and July. So keep an eye out for that. Number eight, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. In my opinion, after a somewhat disappointing series from Boba Fett, I think this is a huge opportunity for redemption. And that there's no other series from Star Wars that has more pressure than Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we'll see what they do. Um, number nine, The Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon Prime Video. Also major, major anticipation since the announcement. I'm a little bit more excited to see how they do season two because I think season one will be a little bit more of an ease-in season. It's going to be kind of more... Um, what's the word? I think they're going to be more conservative. Safe. They're going to be safe. Yeah, they're going to be mm -hmm. safe with what they do. Um, and then 10, Hacks Season 2 on HBO Max. Like I mentioned, Season 1 got nominated for 12 Emmys and won three of them. So that speaks to, for themselves. And then a couple honorable mentions. So I have The Idol on HBO Max, which Sam Levinson, the creator of Euphoria, is creating another cinematic series with The Weeknd. Uh, number two, The Offer on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, this is a detailed look at the creation of The Godfather, which I'm very excited about. Uh, number three, this is getting a lot of buzz right now because the first trailer just got released this past week under the banner of Heaven on FX and Hulu. Uh, Andrew Garfield is starring in this one, um, and he's officially made a comeback. And it's a little bit more uh, closer to home for Roger and I, so that's going to be an intriguing one. Uh, number four, House of the Dragon mm -hmm. on HBO Max. This is a, a Game of Thrones spinoff series, so it might be a potential redemption for all the fans who were not happy with the last season of Game of Thrones. Number five, Better Call Saul season six on AMC and hopefully Netflix uh, later on. But this is the final season and it's proved to be worth investing your time into. And then last but not least on my honorable mentions, Moon Knight on Disney Plus, which I believe might become the best Marvel TV series um, after WandaVision. So that's my top 10 
TV shows for 2022 with some honorable mentions, and we'll see how they do. Yeah, great list. No misses there for sure. Um, I I can't wait to see. I'm sure there's some that are going to come up, and we're like, man, that's like top 10, top 10 material. How many did you have for this list before you pared it down? Oh, yeah. So I actually had 41 that I fully considered as top 10 TV shows. So you have to imagine how hard it was for me to break this down into, you know, essentially 16 because I had top 10 and then honorable mentions. So it was really hard. How many hours of screen time of like play time is 41 TV shows? Like, can you imagine watching all of those in one year? <laughs> well, if you think about like it, 41 I, I, TV shows. Apparently, uh, I think IMDb, somebody came out with this where they, they said they did a study and I guess eight episodes is the is like the satisfying number for a TV series for, for mm-hmm. viewers. If, if viewers see that a season has eight episodes, then they feel satisfied. And typically now, you know, any episodes are anywhere between 45 minutes to 60 minutes long. And so if you think of that, you know, 45 to, you know, 50 times six or eight, sorry, then that's going to be a, a long, <laughs> long year of TV shows. Yeah, that's six to eight hours. So, uh, I, I and I mean, you know, when you, you listed your top 10 movies uh, and some honorable mentions earlier um, this year in a, in a previous episode, and so at least a movie, you know, The Dark Knight's going to, or not The Dark Knight, The Batman is going to be about three hours, and that's that's pretty long for a movie. Most movies hover around the two-hour range these days. So to watch 41 or 43 movies uh, is about, half to not even half like a quarter to a third of the time it would take to watch just as many shows so yeah that's a good point there's there's a lot of great content out there for anybody who's intrigued on variety which i absolutely love variety is a a great source for film and tv content but they they released an article saying are you know are movies becoming too long are they getting too long because this year has marked i think the year that we've had the longest runtime of films ever made so or at least since like the mm-hmm. 30s because back back then they used to actually make them like five six hours long so kind of intriguing but cool yeah man do you have any uh, recommendations yeah, tv and, and movies yeah definitely so uh just to kind of preface this I, what we were just talking about there's so much great content out there that i i think there's never been a time where there's so much accessible great content you know, even if you're not really big into TV shows and movies, you probably have your couple shows that you love, but chances are there's about 10 to 20 shows or, or movies out there that you would enjoy. So take our recommendations with a grain of salt. But if you are looking, you know, if you if you're caught up on The Office for the 17th time, you know, if you if you've seen uh, the latest episodes of, of whatever season that you just finished, uh, maybe take a look at some of these shows or movies. Um, these are things that we've been enjoying, and, and let us know, of course, in the comments or or in, in questions. Reach out to us. Let us know what you're watching because we'd love to hear and get recommendations. But first of all, Severance, Severance, Severance. Uh, this show is fantastic. It is on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it's starring Adam Scott as the main actor, directed by Ben Stiller. Um, we'll definitely do a review of this, this show, whether it's a popcorn review or a joint review. Um, it's one of the most original ideas I've seen in a long time that explores what if you scientifically and surgically created a work-life balance where you had a mindset that happened inside work that wasn't aware of your personal life and you had a, a likewise a personal mindset outside of work that wasn't aware of what happened inside work. What would happen if that 
were possible and then what would be the fallout if you know there were some more sinister and darker things going on in that setting so absolutely great show um third episode came out on friday we releases weekly on fridays episode four comes out this week and uh, it will be nine episodes long so it should finish up in late april um apple tv plus as we mentioned ted lasso coda this um, there's some great stuff on there right now i believe it's five dollars a month is the the subscription fee so if you want to pop in for a month or two and, and watch severance and maybe explore a little bit of what apple tv plus has to offer um, you can always hop in for a couple months check it out and then cancel your subscription if uh if you're not interested anymore so highly recommend severance right now yeah i mean i've only heard great things and it's funny i was telling roger yesterday i was like yeah months ago you know i was writing down like film update ideas, just just topics I could talk about. And one of them was what happened to Ben Stiller because I haven't seen him in anything. <laughs> and then lo and behold, he's just been directing this incredibly authentic, genuine TV series with Adam Scott, who I actually mm-hmm. I really, really, really enjoy. So I'm excited to see how he does it in this series. So that's kind of funny. But yeah, great recommendation. Um, for me, in regards to TV, I did just wrap up Euphoria season two on Sunday. Um, Euphoria season two should be considered its own TV series compared to season one. Season one was, was enjoyable. It was, you know, kind of binge worthy a little bit, but it was nowhere close to season two, which is almost impossible. I don't think there have been many sequels to films or TV shows that have really surpassed season one or even the first film the way that Euphoria season two did. And that's just, that's great writing. That's great cinematography, great score um, great acting and so i highly recommend euphoria season two go in go into it with you know the right expectations a neutral balance of emotion because it, it's very high and low in regards to um, the storyline but i will say episode one and episode seven there are eight episodes episode one and seven are phenomenal seven episode seven is one of the most original episodes i've ever seen on tv so check it out i did wrap up uh, pam and tommy uh, which was actually shorter mm-hmm. than I thought it was going to be. It was a, it was, I think it was considered a mini series, but Sebastian Stan and Lily uh, James, I think that's her name. They did phenomenal. Uh, they mm-hmm. transformed themselves completely into Tommy Lee and um, Pam, Pamela Anderson. And they did a great mm-hmm. job. I thought that it was, it was definitely inviting with how entertaining it was, but it ended so abruptly that you're left a little bit unsatisfied so that's my one critique with it but it's worth watching if you haven't seen you know if you don't have something to watch which is probably impossible and then for my movie recommendations um there haven't been a lot of new films coming out which is kind of ironic because we're we're just at the start of the year which is kind of how it works but i did go see uncharted with tom holland and uh, mark Wahlberg. i wrote a film review on this i rated it a 6.8 out of 10 um, it's it's kind of just a fun adventure film. So if you think of National Treasure and Indiana Jones having a baby, you pretty much get Uncharted. And I think Tom Holland's a very enjoyable actor that everybody's going to enjoy watching for the next 20, 30, 40 years. So definitely check it out mm-hmm. if you want just kind of more loose, fun evening of watching a film. And then I think, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but from our last time we did the, you know, this kind of movie recommendation, but I did go watch Belfast. Um, if I did mention that, I apologize, but if not, Belfast was, it was really slow. It was really authentic. It was black and white. Kenneth Branagh wrote a great script, but it, there's not, it's not 
publicized. It's not inflated. It's not a, it's not a film that's going to entertain you. It's a film that's going to make you feel very authentic emotions. So it mm-hmm. Belfast was nominated for best picture and many other nominations. So it is worth watching alongside Coda, which I know Roger mentioned earlier, but those are my recommendations. Yeah, as far as movies go, um, great recommendations, by the way. Definitely still need to see Belfast. Um, I, again, Echo Coda, you know, um, incredible, amazing movie that I think is for everyone. Everyone should see it. Um, And then in addition to that, just uh, this is actually a movie that's been out for a while, but one I've been wanting to see is The King's Man. It's out on Hulu now. Uh, I did miss the opportunity to see it in theaters, but I I wanted to go back and see that because I really enjoyed the first movie. Didn't enjoy the second movie, uh, so The King's Man uh, looks really great, has an incredible cast, um, and I'm excited to see how that turned out. Um, and then as we both mentioned, Spencer's seeing The Batman. Uh, he saw it Tuesday night, so this podcast will be out by the time he saw it. I'm seeing it Wednesday night, and next week will be our The Batman review. Um, and then after that, there's a little bit of a dry spell with movies coming out, um, at least big movies that we're excited for. Um, you've got your Morbiuses and your, your Secrets of Dumbledore, uh, but there really isn't any major, major blockbuster coming out until uh, Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange in May. So I think for the next couple months, we're really going to see a lot of focus on TV shows. Um, you know, that's going to sort of drive it. We've got Moon Knight, you've got Severance going on. Um, there's a lot of TV content. So this might be a good time to catch up on TV shows. Uh, while you wait for the summer blockbusters to start rolling in. Um, but again, let us know what you guys are watching. Let us know what you guys are recommending. Um, we're always looking for content uh, to check out and great movies and films to enjoy with you. Yeah, appreciate you guys joining in, and uh, we look forward to talking about the Batman next week. Have a good one.